Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. First Samuel 13, evaluate your heart. Do you follow God or the world? Have you ever been so impatient that you took matters into your own hands rather than waiting for the right help or advice? Well, that's exactly what happens to King Saul in this next story. Let's dig in. We're in 1 Samuel 13, fighting the Philistines again. Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 42 years. Saul selected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sent the rest of the men home. He took 2,000 of the chosen men with him to Michmash and the hill country of Bethel. The other 1,000 went to Saul's son, Jonathan, to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. Soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defended the garrison of the Philistines at Geba. The news spread quickly among the Philistines, so Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land, saying, Hebrews, hear this, rise up and revolt. All Israel heard the news that Saul had destroyed the Philistine garrison at Geba, and the Philistines now hated the Israelites more than ever. So the entire Israelite army was summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in. And because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead, <sighs> unwilling to wait. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. 
just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me and you didn't arrive when you say you would. And the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. God knows and watches everything. Wow. Israel's military disadvantage. Samuel left Gilgal and went on his way, but the rest of the troops went with Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. When Saul counted the men who were still with him, he found only 600 were left. Saul and Jonathan and the troops with them were staying at Geba in the land of Benjamin. The Philistines set up their camp at Michmash. Three raiding parties soon left the camp of the Philistines. One went north toward Ophrah in the land of Shal. Another went west to Beth Horon, and the third moved toward the border above the valley of Zeboim near the wilderness. There were no blacksmiths in the land of Israel in those days. The Philistines wouldn't allow them for fear they would make swords and spears for the Hebrews. So whenever the Israelites needed to sharpen their plowshares, picks, axes, or sickles, they had to take them to a Philistine blacksmith. The charges were as follows, a quarter of an ounce of silver for sharpening a plowshare or a pick, and an eighth of an ounce for sharpening an ax or making the point of an ox gourd. So on the day of the battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or a spear except for Saul and Jonathan. The pass at Michmash had meanwhile been secured by a contingent of the Philistine army to be continued. Points to ponder. The year is 1041 BC. God was testing Saul's patience. Do you ever feel like God tests your patience? <laughs> what was so wrong with what Saul did? Well, anyone could do a burnt offering to God anywhere, but you had to have a priest with you. It was an unauthorized burnt offering. Whenever we're faced with fear, it is natural to go into flight or fight mode. Neither is right. We shouldn't react in fear, but respond in trust. We should always put our trust in God first. Truth, God is faithful and his timing is perfect. God wants us to be after his own heart. So it's time to evaluate your heart. Remember the prayer from yesterday in Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out 
anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This is one of those that you need to write down on post-it notes and have it everywhere. Do you have the willingness to wait on God? I remember seeing God's hand throughout my whole life, even when I was a prodigal and not following him. And you click on over to my blog, I have, have uh, my, the three parts of my testimony in there. So I've got them in video and podcast mode or, or written mode, whichever one. But my life was an interesting life. So I went from, from being raised Catholic to being a prodigal when I went away to college and I survived college, thanks to God. Then I went from a prodigal to a progressive and I survived hurricanes, thanks to God. From progressive to born again Christian and I survived two years of unemployment. Talk about waiting for God. That was, that was a big test in patience for me. So look back on your life. Do you see the hand of God as well as his grace in your past leading you to this very moment? Soon we'll meet David, whom God calls a man after my own heart. Can God say that about you? Are you a Saul or a David? If you do want to follow God and have a heart for him, then you first need to invite him into your heart. How do you do that? Well, invite Jesus into your heart and you receive the, the gift and confident hope of eternal life. Don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog where it says how to invite Jesus into your life. And also in the bottom of today's blog, I have uh, one of my favorite um, songs from, oh gosh, it'll be 16 years ago, over 16 years ago. I This was like the, my theme song for my trip as I was putting the, my life in God's hands as I was moving from Florida to Arizona, not knowing what was ahead of me in Arizona. I didn't have a job interview. The only thing I did have was an apartment all set up, but I had no idea what was gonna happen. That was 16 years ago last February. Um, but the potter's hand is, is it. And it takes, um, faith in God and knowing God to really allow him um, to, put your, to put yourself in his hands. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times, but know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20 to 22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. 
Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.